Hey everybody, you are listening to the We Are Rising podcast, your source for all things Ryzen and JMMA, news, reviews of fights, interviews of fighters, etc, etc. This is your host, Andrew Benjamin, and I am joined by my incredibly awesome co-host, the Chill Meister, Jay Christian Gary from Focus Fights. <laughs> hey Andrew, thanks to my nickname for once, I didn't think that Oh, I have a nickname. <laughs> yeah, well, that I got I got now a doc a nickname as well. Um, but until then, uh, I feel like unfortunately Chill Meister is um taken. I guess maybe I'll be the Chill Mister or something. I don't know. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. It's okay. You hit the nail right on the head. That'll basically stop you from using all the adjectives you want to use about me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well. We are here to discuss, obviously, maybe one of the biggest upsets in MMA history. Certainly the biggest upset in MMA this year, I have to believe. Um, and we are here to discuss one fight that happened at the Ryzen 18 sh- uh, show in Nagoya this past weekend. And we will have the other cards on a separate audio, but given just this, the outcome of this fight... Um, obviously all of you probably know that we're talking about Kai Zakura versus Kyoji Horiguchi, which was a non-title bantamweight main event of the Ryzen 18 show. And, uh, I think it's fair to say that Kyoji Horiguchi was the overwhelming favorite in this match. Um, not a lot of people picked, uh, Azakura to win or had a chance in this match. I'll admit I didn't think he had a chance, but alas, that did not happen. What happened was that Kai Zakura, Nagoya's own Kai Zakura, defeated Kyoji Horiguchi, American top teams, Kyoji Horiguchi, the current bantamweight and Ryzen, uh, uh, Ryzen and Bellator. Yeah, the current Bellator and Ryzen bantamweight champion of the world. Yep, by knockout in one minute and seven seconds. In the first round, not the second, 
Not the third, the first. Hmm. And if you think about it, wouldn't you say this upset ranks right up there with what happened earlier this summer with Andy Ruiz versus Anthony Joshua, or better yet, what happened earlier this decade with GSP and Matt DeTerracera? Well, that's the thing. I was thinking of, like, what were the biggest upsets in MMA history? And I think a lot of people will contend that GSP versus Matt Serra probably is the number one of all time. Um, if you want to then say maybe Bisbing Rockhold or, we or the first Weidman Silva, I could kind of see that. Uh, but this certainly, Kaiser Curve versus Kyoji Horiguchi has to be top 10 of all time. I'm gonna, the Andy Ruiz-Joshua fight I'm going to hold separately because that's a boxing match. Which is why I said the MMA match this year. Uh, but I think I think maybe Ruiz Joshua maybe w overtakes Azakura and Joshua just because it was a title match and because he was a weight replacement uh, for that match. I think that I think mm -hmm. I think I, I think in, in the all combat sports this year that might be the the upset of the year. Barring that though, MMA uh, this year. Horiguchi and uh, Azakura is definitely the, the up, MMA upset of the year so far. Uh, which is funny because yeah. early that night, there was another, I believe, upset uh, when uh, DC was uh, knocked out by uh, Stipe Miocic to win the UFC heavyweight title. Because I thought that DC was going to win that. And I think a lot of people thought that DC was going to win that since he won the first match as well. But alas, that did not happen. So it was a night of upsets. And uh, Christian, uh, I got to ask, man. What was your, what was your reaction watching this? I, were you watching it live? Yes, I was watching live. React to that was shock and awe because if you think about it, you just mentioned the Cormier Miocic fight. I wouldn't really call that an upset because of the fact that Miocic is a former champion, is a former UFC heavyweight champion. Well, obviously prior to that bout. And he'd done all that he can to take advantage of Cormier because Cormier wouldn't listen to his corner. But, said, this was because everybody was basically comfortably on the Horiguchi hype train, us included, thinking that, you know, Horiguchi was going to demolish Kai Asakura in front of the fans in Nagoya, Aichi, Japan. And basically just await who his next challengers would be, either in Bellator or Horizon. But, I mean, damn. To be quite honest, I never thought that something like this would happen. I mean, you don't have to think of these upsets in sports when it comes down to, you know, this fight, the Horiguchi Kai fight. I mean, I think the only upset that would probably be, you know, more focused towards this is in the NCAA basketball tournament last year when Virginia defeat when Virginia lost to University of Maryland Baltimore County as a 16th seed defeated a one for the first time in the men's tournament only for Virginia to bounce back and win the NCAA tournament this year biggest comeback story in all of college sports, but still, point of the matter is, I was in shock and awe when Kai Asakura upset Kyoji Horiguchi 
I mean, so much so that I, I mean, I didn't know what to do other than fall asleep because it was, what, about 6 a.m. where I was, but still, that was probably, I mean, that's probably all I had to say about it. It was shock. I mean, I was shocked and I was amazed when that happened. Well, same thing as well, you know, it was, you know, it's like, it was 6 a.m. for me, you know, I'm starting to wind down because, you know, it's the main event, we just saw, you know, a bunch of, 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 of really good fights, and I'm thinking, oh, okay, Kyoji, you know, Kai is a curl, this, you know, Kyoji's gonna, he's, he's gonna end this in the first, you know, and I'm, I'm gonna go to bed and all that stuff, yada, 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 but then, no, that did not happen, and literally, you know, mouth agape, I held my hand at, at, as a referee, Waved off the fight. Um, you know, my mouth, what my hands were to my mouth, and my eyes wide open. I could not believe it. Because I'm also doing the, the Ryzen 18 recap for MMASucker.com. So I'm, you know, I, you know, I'm not going to lie. I had the title and the story of the title already written uh, Kyoji Horiguchi defeats Kai Sakura. Because I thought that was what it was going to be. And boy, I, I mean, if you think about it, you were doing the recap for MMA Sucker. I was doing the recap for the MMA Opinion on Facebook. Exactly. And, you know, I already had my title out. And actually, here's the thing, you know, before people get mad, like a lot, you know, a lot of things are pre-written in journalism just because for the sake of time, many obituaries are already pre-written. Uh, and so, you know, there, there is, you know, that sometimes they get released. I know that was a thing with CNN. Uh, they, I think they accidentally released uh, James Earl Jones's obituary at one time. Um, I think the New York Times has done that as well. But you know, no, a lot, a lot of things are pre-written um, because for the sake of timeliness. And I was doing that as well because it's also 6 a.m. and I want to go to fucking sleep after I watch, you know, a five-hour MMA show. But alas, mm-hmm. that did not happen. I had to change my title and change uh, much of the recap. To how, you know, to basically focus on the Kai Azakura upset over Horiguchi. And my god, yeah, this is, it was, so let's, let's, let's talk about, the, the fight's only a minute long, or, or, or a little over a minute. But basically what happened is, you know, the, the, the bell rang, um, you know, Koyoji's doing his, his, you know, his famous karate, you know, stance and jumping around. Uh, Kyoji uh, kind of like, not shoots in, but he jumps in, maybe I think they're probably to like, to punch Azakura, but then Azakura gets his right hand on him. Kyoji is clearly rocked, and he's falling backwards. He's trying to run away, uh, and the Kai Azakura is immediately chasing him, going right after him, zooming right after him. He then clinches uh, the uh, Kyoji to the ropes, delivers more punches, delivers more punches, knees him in the chest. Kyoji gets away, but he's clearly rocked. He's rocked out of his mind, uh, Kyo- uh, and he's trying to escape, but then... <laughs> He get uh, Kai gets one more. I think it was a right hand, a right jab on him, uh, uh, a jab on him, and uh, uh, no cross. Excuse me, a cross. Kyoji goes down to the ground, and before he could deliver, he delivers one punch to Kyo- to Kyoji on the ground, and the ref stops it immediately. The crowd is going insane. Joe Ferraro is going insane. Ben Ten Nguyen, who was a special guest commentator because Frank Trigger, I think, was refing UFC fights and um for the for the UFC show that night, is. You know, he was mostly quiet, you know, kind of reserved throughout the entire night. He's screaming his head off. The entire crowd is going bananas. This, like, this was... If anybody saw the G1 show, the G1 finals, when Kota Ibushi beat Jay White, it's, it, I think this crowd may have been just as loud or louder than that. 
It was unbelievable. Nobody predicted this. Um, if you say that you predicted it, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you a liar because, let's be honest, you know, it's, I don't think, nobody pegged that Kai Zakura would defeat Kyoji Horiguchi that fast, that quickly. Uh, and yeah, it's well, enough. Well, if you think about it, nobody really gave him a chance. I mean, I think we mentioned the topology rating for the fight. It was going to be a 98% Hori Gucci beatdown. Yeah. Yeah. They felt stupefied. Exactly, exactly. Um, well, uh, and you know, if you had bet, if, if, if you had bet money on Horiguchi, boy, you're, I mean, I mean, on Azakura, you're probably a rich man right now, I have to say. Um, well, they're going to say, um, but yeah, it, it, it is, you know, it got the MMA world buzzing. It, uh, people on Twitter, um, I, some were like really happy that Azakura, because they're outsiders fans, Kyoji Horiguchi fans were on suicide watch. Um, but yeah, this ended the 13 winning. If you think about it, American Top Team was probably on suicide watch after that. Oh yeah, still are <laughs> probably. Um, uh, Mike Brown, you know, couldn't believe it. Um, but yeah, you know, um, um, uh, you know, oh the 13, the 13 year, uh, 13 year, 13, uh, fight win streak that Kyoji was on. Uh, ended. He hasn't lost. This is this is his first loss since he. This is his first loss since the. Demetrius Johnson lost back in the UFC for flyweight championship. He won a, 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 a he lost a fight mm -hmm. before that. UFC 183, April 29th, 2015, Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Before that, that was he, the last time that Kyoji Horiguchi took a loss. Before that was the uh, Mazakatsu uh, Ueda fight um, that he uh, lost to, which is majority decision. But you know, a lot of people haven't seen that fight. People, a lot of people probably aren't even aware of that fight. Um, they just remember the the, the DJ loss. And yeah, since then, mm -hmm. since then, he's just won every fight that he's in. And it's not, it's not like a fight like out of quite, you know, where people questioned, you know, if he won. He has definitively won every fight that he's been in since. Um, the other thing as well to note is that this was a non-title match, so Kyoji Horiguchi is still the non-title fight. He was still the, he's still the the rising bantamweight champion. And this is one of the questions. He's still the Bellator bantamweight champion too. This is one of the, the questions that we had. You know, what happens if a champion loses a non-title match? And so, Christian, that's I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this question to you because this is a very important question now. Um, what what do you do if Kai's occur now? Because I also did remember I read um from Ryzen Max from from uh, Reddit who said why this wasn't a um why this wasn't a, a title match. And it sounded like they weren't even, they just wanted to have this match because it was the right time to make it. And there was, there would be no, this thing like that, that's that Kaiser Kurt was even down the line going to be eligible for a title match. So with that said, and with what just happened at this show, what, what, what about a title match for Kaiser Kura? What, what, what do we do about this whole thing? I think a title match for Kaiser Kura is a given, especially after this, because if you think about it, this was a non-title match. Ryzen wanted to groom up Kiyoshi Horiguchi just so that he can, you know, be a world beater and potentially face off against 
future challengers from around the world, like outside the U.S., outside of Japan, around the world. But because of what happened here, you can't really do that. I mean, because of what happened here, you can't really do that. You can only hope now to make the title fight between Kyoji and Kai the obvious option because now people are definitely going to want to see the rematch to see if Kai Asakura can prove that what happened here this past weekend in 67 seconds was no fluke. They want to see what's going to happen between those two, just like when it comes down to the Joshua Diaz fight. And the Joshua, I mean, Anthony Joshua, Andy, no, wait, the Joshua Ruiz fight is what I'm trying to mention. They want to see on December 7th in that fucking terrorist hellhole known as Saudi Arabia, if Andy Ruiz can make lightning strike twice against Anthony Joshua on neutral ground. But when it comes down to the potential of a Kai Asakura Kiyoshi Horikuchi rematch, I, de- I definitely think it's going to happen. I think it might happen on New Year's Eve. But if you think about it, I just think that, I mean, given the fact that Asakura was an underdog coming into this fight, he's definitely going to be seeing the odds on even favorite come up. I mean, coming into this rematch if it happens because I know that people are going to probably want to see if he can do it again but still it all depends on if they it all depends on if Ryzen plans to go through with the rematch that's what I think so okay um cause here's the thing um we're not going to discuss that fight on this on this um broadcast but um after Manel Cape uh, beat Takaya Mizugaki, um, uh, Takaya Mizugaki, excuse me, Takaya Mizugaki in his in his fight, um, you know, a lot of people were saying, you know what, Cape should be the one who gets the title shot next, and I even said that so, and I even tweeted that out. But after Kai Zakura, uh, the way that that he won, I think that's also the other thing is is that the way he won. If it had been like a three-round decision where he wrestled Horaguchi to the ground, where kind of like Darian Caldwell was doing, I think a lot of people this wouldn't be as talked about. It's the way that it happened as huh. well. Kind of like when yeah, so it's like when Anderson Silva got knocked out by Weidman. It's the way it happened, not not the fact that it did happen. I mean, it's the fact that it did happen, but it's also mm-hmm. the way it happened. But um, uh, I think that Manel Cape unfortunately has to go to the back of the line. Because if you're also going by records, and you know, I know a lot of people say that that Azakura did not defeat Cape, but I'm not against that. Azakura does have a win over Cape in the Ryzen records, so the fact that he has a that win, mm-hmm. uh, a win over Kyoji Horiguchi, and is also undefeated in Ryzen now, he should be absolutely getting. Well, well, actually, if you think about it, both Azakura brothers, Kai and Mikulu, are undefeated in the Ryzen ring. Yes, exactly. As of what, I think. The spring of 2017, they're both undefeated in the Ryzen ring. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, perhaps you know it should be uh, it should be Kai who gets the uh, title shot next on Year Z. I don't know what Ryzen's plan- plans were. I don't know what Bellator's plans were because that's the other thing as well. Bellator wants their the def- title def- uh, defended once a year, 
if they were planning to defend it on New Year's Eve for, or, you know, uh, you know, before that for Horiguchi, I, I'm going to be, if I'm rise, I'd saying, sorry, you know, the quote to Dave Meltzer or quote WWE or, you know, Meltzer quoting WWE plans change. And this is a case of plans changing very drastically. Because not only do you have a big money draw for a big show, but this that that that's what it is. This, this is a big money drawing fight in Japan because people are gonna be like, can 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 Azakura do it again? Was it just a fluke win, or or can or will Horiguchi get that win back? And then if Horiguchi will get that win back, well, you get a maybe potentially a third match. Who knows? But nonetheless, I think that New Year's Eve has to be Azakura Kaizakura versus Kyoji Horiguchi. Anything else that they give the title shot to anybody else, I think it's almost an insult. And if I was Kaizakura, I would be incredibly insulted that I, that I'm not getting the title shot. That he should absolutely get the title shot. There's no there's no if ands or buts about it. I know that Ryzen you uh, you put out today that Ryzen was was going to be working supposedly having two shows in October, Christian. Yeah, so potentially they're going to have two shows on October 12th and 13th, but for right now, those are rumors. And the December 29th date is still open as Ryzen 20, not a Bellator MMA show in Japan. Yes, yes, yes. It, you know, it's, you know, I don't think you do the, the, the title shot for October. You got to do it for New Year's Eve. You got to have something, you know, have, you know, one of the other titles defended on New Year's Eve, uh, on uh, October. But this... Bantamweight matchup between these two is your main event. You already have your main event already for this show, uh, for this New Year's Eve show. Whether it's a, tw uh, I guess it would, I guess it would, if they do two shows, I guess it'd be the thirty first. Maybe I, that's when I would do it. Um, but yeah, you, you listen. You know, it's kind. You know, it's you know. While we did pick both, both picked Horiguchi, it's kind of good in a way. You know, when things get shaken up. When plans change, when you gotta adapt. Um, I remember, remember, mm -hmm. when, remember when, like around, I'm gonna say 2008, 2009-ish. Remember when uh, Jeff Hardy came back to WWE, and both John Cena, I think it was Randy Orton or Triple H, he had a bunch of main eventers who were injured, and then they put Jeff Hardy in the mm -hmm. main event. Or they, 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 yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so like when stuff like that happens, it makes it more interesting. It, 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 it you create more compelling stories, more compelling fights. It, it creates, a, a garners interest than you know than the status quo. You know, if Kyoji Oguchi had won the fight, you know, then he goes on to face whoever next. You know, that's the story. But now we have somebody who defeated Horiguchi that thirteen other fighters couldn't do. And you know, well, twelve other fighters. Excuse me, twelve other in thirteen times. Twelve other. You have to remember the fact that Darian Caldwell pissed his way through two yeah. fights with him. Okay, yeah, yeah, there's that. But we now have somebody who definitively defeated Horiguchi. Who it's on record, it's on tape, and. That's how it is. This wasn't like a this wasn't like a three round decision. This was a knockout, a clear knockout. Um, and also, by the way, as well, mm -hmm. Horiguchi's only knockout loss. By the way, just want to bring that up. Um, 
Yeah. It's he's lost via submission, decision, and now by a knockout. You know, I don't. You know, I don't know if it's because Ka- is it. You know, Kaiser has knocked out other people, so Kaiser is obviously a good puncher. But we've only seen him knock out one other person in uh, in Ryzen. That was uh, I believe that was uh, Kizumon Saiga. He knocked out. Um. And his first Yeah, but I think it was also Jay Hoon Moon in that rematch that they had from the Yarnoka show. I'm not sure. Oh no, it wasn't knockout, that went to decision. Uh but their first fight no, their first fight, uh Jay Hoon Moon knocked out Kaizakura. Actually the funny here's the funny thing about mm-hmm. that. So in the Rising Confessions video where they talked about the Horaguchi Azakura match, do you know that that uh that the that the only fight that Kaizakura watched, that one road FC match um, to Jehun Moon, um, Mikuru was not in his corner for that fight. Mm-hmm. So it's funny they say. And of course, Mikuru said in the Rising Confessions video that ever since he's been in his brother's corner, Kai has won every fight. Exactly. So just a little. That's a very interesting. That's a very interesting uh, thing. And once again, of course, Mikuru was in uh, Kai's corner at this time. Um, I think mm-hmm. you know. I, I do think it. I think I definitely do think it makes a much more interesting um, future uh, things for Ryzen. What do you think about that, Christian? Do you think it gets more interest? Do you think the bandwidth becomes more interesting now now that Kai Zakura has beaten arguably the number one uh, bandwidth in the world? Yes, I do. And if you think about it, we probably won't men- we won't mention the fight results of the previous fight happened earlier that evening on this program but if you think about it that opens up the door for man okay that opens up the door for victor henry who's the deep bantamweight champion that opens up the door pretty much for ben 10 to win even though he lost his bout against kiyoji horiguchi and did commentary this past saturday i do think that with kai's win it opens up the door for a lot of people Looking for a shot in the rising bantamweight picture, including the four pillars. Obviously, Oka Sasaki, Shintaro Ishiwatari, Hiro Masaogi Kubo, and Yuki Motoya. And even Dustin Scoggins as well. Yeah. Um, but I mean, so, you know, everybody was pegging, you know, so presumably the next bantamweight match was going to be. Ogi, Hiromasa Ogikubo versus Shintaro Ishiwatari because they won their fights at Ryzen 17. And then the, presu- mm-hmm. the presumed thing that was going to happen, um, that it seemed like the direction they were going, was that the winner of that match was going to face Horiguchi for the belt because the whole idea was that Kyoji Horiguchi was going to win this match. So it would either been would have been Ogikubo versus Ishiwatari potentially for the belt. Maybe even Manel Cape. But uh, where do you... Th- where is- Where's Kai Zakura now rank up now in bantamweights in the world? Do you consider is he number two now or was he top five, number three? Where would you put him, Christian? He's top five. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But what happened that he knocked out Horiguchi in such an impressive fashion? But you got to remember, there are like, I mean, obviously there's four pillars of rising, but now. You gotta mention that there are two other domestic bantamweights from Japan looking to vie for a shot at Horiguchi in Shintaro Ishiwatari and Hiromaso Yukubo. Both of those guys have fought Horiguchi more than once. 
And you have to think about Manel Cape as well, even though he's going to bitch and moan about the fact that he ain't getting a title shot. Well, yeah, I think that Manel Cape... I mean, come to think of it, did you see Manel Cape's promo that he put on after his win? Oh, yes, yeah. Uh, well, and we'll... We'll talk. We'll get more into that in that, that, that fight about it. But well, basically, he called out Horiguchi with, um, and shall we say, not so nice words. And I remember I tweeted out that poor translator is going to be having to translate all those 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 curses to the audience. Um, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Well, listen, listen, that's, listen, that's not suitable for work. Listen, but you know what? I'm that's pretty what, sure that even though I'm pretty sure that even though Kate's promo was not suitable for work. Horiguchi definitely got the message before he lost to Asakura. Well, here's the thing as well, you know, listen, you know, Manel Cape, you know, a lot of people were arguing that Manel Cape up until, I guess it was before Darren Caldwell and obviously before the Kai Asakura match, that he was one of the few people who was doing good against uh, Kyoji. And that he apparently, first of all, there's this, there's this big myth that apparently he, like, had Horiguchi rock. They didn't. They bunked, they bonked heads. The Rise of Confessions video even covered it and did it in slow motion. They bonked heads. So I wish people would stop bringing that like he, he that he had Horiguchi rocked. He absolutely did not. He um, but like he, I think he went to the third round of Horiguchi, I believe, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, yeah. here's the thing: he did hold his own. He did hold his own um to a degree, and I think he's a better fighter now. Especially because he's training at AK Thailand, uh, with um, so he's there with Mike Swick and all those great people, and you know, so I think now would be a, a much more competitive fight than when he was training wherever the fuck he was training um, when he got that fight, but you know, he's still he's still if that fight had gone to decision, it still would have been a Horiguchi win. Um, uh, but yeah, like, you know, I think that this is great in the long run. This definitely creates a much more compelling Bantamweight division. Um, and, you know, Kyoji Horiguchi, by default, is still number one. He has a belt. You know, he, he, is the, he is number one because of that. Though, you know, you know, in hindsight, you know, really, this if you wanted to make this fight a title... This is the one thing I don't like about these title matches, these non-title matches. Because here's the thing, Kaisakura really mm-hmm. should be the champion. He really defeat you know you know the old Rick Burke quote, to be the champ, you gotta beat the champ. He beat the champ. And he honestly should get the belt. Mm-hmm. But technically this wasn't this wasn't a title fight, so he doesn't get it. It's kinda of, it's kinda of shitty, you know, that you know it it, it happened that way. Um and actually this is the f- second non title fight that that that, that uh, Kyoji had. The first was a Ben win. So it's like I don't know. What do you think about that? Do you think it's kind of shitty that he didn't get a that this fight was not a a a, a, cha- a championship match, Christian? I mean, to be honest, I do think that it should have been a championship match, but you gotta think about it. They wouldn't want. I mean, you gotta think about this here. You got. Uh, what am I trying to say? You wouldn't want your top-ranked guy to lose to somebody who can barely string a win together, right? That, well, here's the thing. You presumably don't make that fight. You know, you know, mm-hmm. you know, that's why there's rankings for a reason. That's why there's number one contenders and people who are number two, number three, number four, number five. You match up, you know, people who are, you know, this is why, you know, like if somebody who's a number one contender, you don't put up against, you know, 
someone who's number 15 on the rankings because you don't want to, you know, you don't want number one to go back to number 15. And, you know, a lot of fighters as well, you know, will turn down fights if, they fight, if they're highly ranked and they fight someone too low because if they lose, they lose their ranking. Um, so it's, you know, it's kind of like, I think that Rising kind of did shoot themselves in the foot with this because what is their excuse to now have future matches with their title, title holders and non-title matches? When you have something like this, I think you know if Kaiser Kerr, if this had been a title match, you still could have done a rematch at New Year's Eve, and I think that makes it even more compelling now. Because here's the thing: now you have a new champ for a few months. That that makes Kaiser Kerr's stock rise uh, and all that stuff. He gets you know probably more fame, more money out of it. He's still gonna get more fame, more money out of this um, out of this win. But ma you know, imagine just how much more, how much more important that would be if. Not only he defeat he 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 stops Horiguchi's long reigning streak. He's the first guy to defeat him since 2015, 2016, whenever it is, and he wins a belt. All those things. 2015. 2015, and he wins a belt. Imagine all those things. He has all those things now, but without the belt. And it's kind of like, I'll kind of be kind of like, oh shit. It's kind of like, it's kind of like an unofficial win, in a way. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but when they put it, but when they eventually put the belt on the line in the rematch between those two, it'll mean a lot more. But here's, a, I think you could still do the the a belt match, just have it be for you know, it's just a rematch. Matter of the the Andy Ruiz Joshua match. So let's just say that you know the original who um Big Baby Miller was supposed to be the original opponent, and let's just say you know that you know oh. Uh, that they that they offer the fight to Ruiz, but they said, "Oh, since you were not the original person, and since you're not, you know, was Andy Ruiz ranked at all when that when he took that when that match happened, or no? What what, what was the um? The, was uh, he... he was ranked in. I think he was ranked in the top ten, but he wasn't really given a high enough position to be up there by any governing body. He was only up there because of the fact that he was." Fighting for a premier boxing champion. So let's just say you know that 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 you know um, Eddie Hearn, you know they negotiate with Ruiz and say, hey, we'll give you a, a match with Joshua. We'll pay you this much. We'll pay you pay you one one and a half million dollars. But since you are not ranked and you're a premier boxing, we will not sanction this as a title match. The, the WBC or whoever won't sanction this out as a title match. And you know he says yes and all that stuff. Uh, then he goes on to defeat Joshua. So now he's a win over Joshua, but he doesn't have the belt. It's kind of, it's, it's kind of, it's really, it's just an odd thing, because if you beat somebody who has a belt, you should get the belt in the end. That's what the whole point of, a, of fighting a champion is mm -hmm. for. You don't fight a champion to just say, oh, I defeated them, uh, and, you know, all I got was a W out of this. You should get the belt. You really should. And, you know... I think I think it'd be even better with Kai Zakura going into the New Year's Eve show as champion, taking on a challenging Horiguchi. Because not only because Horiguchi now has not only has he ha, the onus is on him to win that belt back uh, to beat Hor to beat Kai Zakura. Um, you know that's just that's just my thoughts on this whole non-title thing. Because there was all we had the other non-title match with Ayaka Hamazaki versus Anthony the Rockets. Um, and, you know, that fight at first... A.K.A. Amsuanan Boonsorn. And at first that fight looked like, oh, no, we're, we, there might be a not a, a challenger being the champion uh, situation. 
Um, but that it didn't happen. But you know, I think that Ryzen's got to rethink these non-tile matches. And I know it's a Japanese thing, you know. Kana Azakura had that non-tile match um, with um, uh, Tomo Maisawa, uh, the, the deep atom weight. Oh, Maisawa. Uh, Maisawa for the uh, deep atom atom weight cha uh, champion. That was non-tile. But again, you know, I think that Ryzen, you know, Ryzen wants to be taken seriously as a promotion. They're, you know, they're doing less away with the, I guess the, I guess the, you know, the typical JMMA stuff that people like to laugh and point their finger at. They're trying to become a much more, you know, they're trying to become much more mainstream. And I think, I think by doing, that's one thing they can't do as much anymore. I don't think you can have these non-title matches anymore. Because people, you know, it's going to make people wonder, like, why would you not have this as a title match? And now your champion just got defeated. It's kind of... Kind of weird. I mean, listen, the UFC would never do it. And the, the only listen, the last time I remember there being a a match where a non where the champion was not where the championship was not on the line. I'm not going to count the Khabib um the Khabib out I went to fight because that was a last minute thing. But the um was Anderson Silva. Oh my God, who was it that he took on? Um, was it Travis? Uh, was it Travis Luter who didn't make weight? Was it Travis Luter? Maybe Probably so. It was, I think it was a Silva-Luter fight. Luter didn't make weight, so it became a non-title match. Um, just because Luter didn't make weight. And I think that was like the, one of the first times it ever happened in UFC. But, you know, I know that nobody gave a, a Luter a chance to beat Silva. But imagine if uh, Luter had beat Silva. He would have had a win over Silva, but he wouldn't have won that belt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was. There have been, I think, a few instances where that has happened in the WSOL. I don't want to name them all because I don't truly remember them. But some of those weight issues, some of those weight problems for their fights transferred over to the PFL as well. Oh, PFL. Oh, my God. They, they got, I don't know what the fuck is with fires not making weight for their thing. But that, you know, I thought the UFC was bad. Literally. There should be bets on if fighters are going to make weight for PFL because there's at least there have been at least one or two fighters who have not made belt uh, have not made weight for their show for their show. This is and here you win a million dollars. Why the fuck would you? Oh my god, it's so stupid. But um, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Come on, man, it's it's hard to understand why people would want to not cut weight knowing that there's a big prize on the line at the end of the season. That could possibly change their lives. I mean, seriously. What's uh, the point of not cut? What's the point of being there if you can't cut weight? Exactly. Exactly. Um, well, they're going to say. Um, yeah, it's, you know, I mean, I hope, you know, I th maybe, you know, this, this non-tile thing was an experiment. But I really don't think it's a necessary experiment. Because... You know what happens if it happens again? It's bound to have it's 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 you know if it happened it's happened once it's bound to happen again. So I just don't think mm -hmm. I think it's just something that they you need to move on from. You know if your champion is gonna fight, just make it a title match, um, in, in his division. I think that's I you know I think that's something you know. And if you don't want if you don't want to risk your champion losing the belt, then they don't make it. You know. Imagine if Ben Ben Win beat 
beat Horiguchi, his first fight in Ryzen, and he beats the champion, you know, then don't make that fight. Just don't make it. Just make a, a, a more compelling fight or make a number one contenders match or for somebody to earn that match. That's my that's my thoughts. Do you think they should do you think they should still continue on this non-title gimmick, Christian? To be honest, no. Because if you're gonna keep if you're gonna keep having fighters who are your champions lose in these non-title fights when they're supposed to be meant as tuna fights, you would have done better having Derrick and Caldwell come in to Ryzen last year and just beat Horiguchi and be done with it. Instead, now, Horiguchi, I mean, Caldwell's running his fucking mouth about how he still should have been the champion, knowing good and damn well he got whooped twice and he ain't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, I mean, here, you know, Here's because one of the things I always said about Ryzen is that if Ryzen is gonna is gonna do belts, I don't want interim belt shits. I don't. I'm tired of interim championships. Indeed. But now I think I think because Ryzen, even when because even when you got an interim champion, you still got a whole host of problems. Because I mean, if you're not gonna have fighters defend the titles consistently or go up to other promoters. Like how the CP promotions are, strip them of the belts and just keep it going. Exactly, yeah, and you know, I mean, it's you know, I guess I guess Ryzen's issues now is these non-title matches. Because here's the thing as well, if you know, let's just say you know, and we'll talk about more in depth about that match. Uh, if uh, uh, Amp the Rocket had beat Ayaka Hamazaki, um, what do you do? Does she get? You gotta do the same thing as well. You gotta give Anthony Rocket a title fight at, at a certain point. But you know, here's the thing. Let's be honest. You know, I don't think a lot of people are gonna be talking about Anthony Rocket versus Ayaka Hamazaki as much as you know, as much as uh, Kyoji or you know. That's the thing as well is that you you risk devaluing your champions on a meaningless loss that you have to make up for another time to- another time period because it's the only the, it's the right thing to do. Because that they earned that that shot, so you know, and as, especially as a fighter, you know, it's, it's, uh, having a non-title fight, you know, you risk losing to somebody who you know is an I don't want to say is a nobody, but you know, you risk a loss, a mean a meaningless lo- loss in your record that you have to defend at some point when you should be defending the title more often. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but if you think about it, even if Amp Suanon, a.k.a. Amp the Rocket, was going to win that fight, you know damn well nobody outside of Thailand or outside of the Full Metal Dojo was going to talk about Amp the Rocket winning or losing. Exactly. Um, then, you know, Rise, in that case, Ryzen would have two two of their other... Um, I won't quote, homegrown champions uh, be ha- have two non-title losses, and that already, you know, that I think that, that ups- upsets the the balance too much. One is okay. I think I think this, I think in the end this Kai Zakura and Kyoji Horiguchi thing was a good, was, is good in the long term for Ryzen. But it, it can't, you can't do as often, you can't do as often because then what happens, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're, which is, if your guy starts losing ti- uh, ti- non-title matches, but he starts winning the title matches. It's gonna, 
it's good. You know, it, it, you know, there's a reason why I, why people love New Japan Pro Wrestling because when the champion loses, it, like when Okada when Kaza, when Okada loses a match, people are shocked because he's the champion. Even when he's not the champion, he's still a top dog. But like when he loses, people are shocked, and that's what a loss should do. A loss. For somebody like Kyoji Horiguchi should shock people, and it did. But if, if you know, if you have all these non-title matches, you're gonna risk it. It's gonna be the risk will be less and less with with every other match, you know, with every non-title match. In my personal opinion, um, mm -hmm. the question. So, um, a little. Um, I'm gonna tell you what uh, Kyoji Horiguchi said after the match. He said he didn't remember anything after he didn't remember the fight, and he wants an immediate rematch with the title on the line. So I'm presuming that's what that's oh, what wow. that's what Ryzen will do. Um, presumably on New Year's Eve, probably on December thirty first. Um, I think Bellator will have to wait. The Bellator Championship is going to have to wait. Do it that uh, your your titles have to wait at some point. Sorry, sorry, Scott Coker. There's more important fish to fry. Unfortunately, not that the Bellator champ Bellator Championship is less important, but things over in Japan got a little bit more interesting, shall we say. Um, mm -hmm, yeah, shit just got real, as Michael Schiavello, I mean, as Michael Schiavello used to say, but if you think about it, Bellator champions don't defend their titles, I think, for up to a full year. I mean, obviously, with Brent Primus, him having not defended his title for up to a year before losing that back to Michael Chandler in Hawaii last December. Was it? Didn't Primus get injured, or did he have some sort of injury or something that prevented him from um, defending the belt? I thought I thought there was some reason that he that he couldn't defend the belt. If anything, it was probably a nice pain. But I do know that it takes up to a year for champions in Bellator to defend their belts at the latest. Yeah. That's also because there's negotiation, there's pay negotiations, there's you know when and where to do it. Obviously, Brent Primus, um, I think he's, isn't he from Oregon? Because he's with uh, Chael Sonnen's team, right? Yeah, Portland, Oregon. Yeah, so... He, I mean, I think, yeah, he does work out with Chael Sonnen half the time. Presumably, you know, if you're the champion you'd want to have in your hometown, you want to have that hometown team advantage. Um, you know, that's a big thing with the Anthony Joshua. Yeah, even if you... Even if you were going to have a Bellator show out in Portland, and I know we're kind of going off the beaten path here, but even if you were going to have a show in Portland, your name alone isn't going to get asses to seats. That's true. Well, that's a big thing with the Anthony, uh, with the Anthony Joshua Andy Ruiz fight is where to have it now. Because Andy Ruiz wants to Mexico. Um, at first, it sounded like Joshua he wanted... wanted it. He wanted the fight. Ruiz wanted that to happen in either Mexico or LA because of the fact that you know he's the champion he's now the A side he wanted the obvious choice of first pick of place but Eddie Hearn said alright mate you have a contract to, uh, alright mate you have a contract to go by we get the first sight to fight and I don't know especially what the fuck is wrong with that because, yeah, you picked a great date, December 7th. The only thing that's going to be, I mean, for that particular fight, Joshua versus Ruiz 2 in Saudi Arabia, the only thing you're going to go up against is, I think, the Army-Navy game on CBS. But other than that, who the f*** 
in a terroristic shithole like Saudi Arabia, honestly. Yeah, and also I'm presuming that, would it be an outdoor arena or indoor arena? Outdoors, most definitely, oh, because I've seen some... Oh. Yeah, it's going to be hot as all hell. I mean, believe me, I've seen an event recently where it was a lopsided down that Amir Khan had with Billy the Kid Dib and a event promoted by the Super Fight League. And let's just say, Crystalline Shits doesn't even begin to scratch the surface on that show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> question, though. I have, a, I have a question for you, Christian. What do you think about the response... From the MMA media, I'm not talking about you know the focus fights, MMA opinions, MMA suckers, but from the non, you know, J MMA, the, the mainstream uh, MMA media. Do you think the response? Do you think the response to this loss was talked about amongst them, or was it kind of ignored, or was it kind of just like given like a little a team little byline, and then you know, um, talking about Conor McGregor. Knocking out, some, uh, punching some guy in a bar. Yeah, I guess when it comes down to the major MMA media, it was more like a small blip on a big radar. Because if you think about the mainstream MMA media, it's like we discussed before. They'll only care when a big-time ex-UFC star like Akio Horiguchi makes his way to rising just so that they can, you know, point and laugh when he loses or, you know, only focus on the 15 minutes of fame that he has if he win, he or she has if they win and then just carry on like it's nothing and then point over to whatever Conor McGregor is doing in a bar or, you know, what photo shoot this Paige Van Zandt has or anything like that. Um... Luke Thomas, um, formerly of, um, what was it, the MMA show that he, was he on the MMA show? He was formerly with MMAfighting.com. Unfortunately, he's the four-letter network's problem now. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, he actually posted on Twitter, wait, Kyo, or like something along the lines of, like, Kyoji Horiguchi lost this past weekend? So it sounded like something that he either read or somebody told him, and that it's something he didn't, like, he couldn't believe. Because it sounded like he didn't even watch it, um, either live or on delay. Yeah, he, I mean, to be quite honest, when it comes to these mainstream media jocks, they only care about the three most important letters in the combat sports world, obviously, UFC. They don't really care about what's going on in Ryzen, in Bellator, or 1FC all that much. Oh, and I yeah. think Luke Thomas is the reason behind that. No, oh, yeah, yeah. We already know oh, about Luke, Luke Thomas, Ariel Hawani, people like them. I don't think even Ariel Hawani mentioned it at all. I don't even. I don't even think it even got like a a a, a, a sniffle on his nose on his on his big nose. By the way, uh, I just want to also say that I don't know why <laughs> Ariel Ariel Hawani. Um, um, I'm really bad at Korean names. Well, uh, the guy, the host of Kumite Radio. For some reason, Ariel Hawani blocked him. John Hyun Ko. Yeah. For some reason, Ariel Hawani blocked John him. John Hyun Ko. John Hyun Ko is a nice guy. I have no idea why huh? Ariel Hawani would block him. Eh, he probably thinks that he don't want to deal with outsider competition, and we don't think that JHK 
of Kumite Radio is any outside competition to us. We think that he's helping, you know, people learn more about, Jap- I mean, Asian MMA in general, not just Japanese MMA. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, because of the fact that he tags focus fights, and I think tagged myself, you know, in a few of his tweets about oh, I'm you know, always, upcoming Asian MMA happenings. Oh, I'm always tagged. I'm always tagged. Um, he does he does cool interviews. Uh, also, by the way, Joe Asanda uh, had had their, ha, had created a new Twitter, by the way, as well. For those that don't know, Joe Asanda, clip and gif uh, king of MMA, I'll say, especially JMMA, um, got suspended and from because Gal, I guess, sent out a bunch of ceases, or what do you call it, a bunch of uh, takedown notices, DMC takedown notices, uh, of Ryzen 18, yes, that that they had posted, and actually, and here's the thing as well, we got one as well when I posted the uh, the JQ coming out uh, to Saturday Night Live um, entrance. It was only ten seconds. Oh, dude. Saturday Night Live. The BG yeah. staying alive. Yeah, um, uh, we got we got a takedown notice as well from Gao. It wasn't Ryzen. It wasn't. It wasn't. Shingo wasn't no Sakaki Barra. No, they didn't sound. It was Giao who were showing the show live on pay per view in Japan, and I guess mm-hmm. they have a problem with it for whatever reason, because that's that's you know as we know Japan can be very forward in some aspects of life and very behind in others. Um, <laughs> yeah, think. Yeah. Um, but the Joel's on this account is back now, so make sure you to find uh, him or her when you uh, go on Twitter. But let's see. I'll, I'll just uh, a few more, a few more things I want to just talk about about this um, about this uh, fight. So of course, you know, when somebody you know who has a long winning streak or you know is undefeated for a long time loses, you have a bunch of people come out and say, "Oh, they were always overrated. Oh, they suck. They were never good." Uh, you know, the, 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 the guy who defeated them is, is the real pound-for-pound pound king of whatever. And, of course, with Kyojo Horiguchi, that's a, it happened as well. Listen, JMMA has their bandwagoners, their people who, to, they're, 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 they're people who, t- who turn on people as well, just as much as, you know, UFC fans and Bellator fans, and especially wrestling fans have that. But, um, you know, mm-hmm. you know it's funny, you know, I remember when uh, Aldo lost to Conor McGregor, Suddenly, Aldo was like, oh, Aldo was never good. He was always overrated. You know, he beat a bunch of cans. And I will say that the core Gucci stuff is on that level. I think I probably, you know, here's the thing. Uh, DC is probably getting a lot. After the re- this this loss, not the, first, not the first loss to John Jones, but this loss to uh, Stipe, I've been seeing a lot of people turn on DC. Saying like, so was he ever really that good? Is he was he overrated being the pound for pound king at heavyweight or pound for pound forever? And the but with the Horiguchi stuff, I'm seeing a lot of people being like, listen, I always knew that Horiguchi wasn't always that good. I thought that Kaizakura was always going to beat him. Or and you know, what was the some of the other ones I've been seeing? Um, that you know, oh, you know, Horiguchi, that him that. That it it was inevitable that that he was that 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 him losing makes him look like he's he was always a flyweight fighting bantamweight guys 
that he should have always stayed at flyweight. I'm seeing the the turning on him is not as mu is not as heavy, but still there. And so Christian, I want to ask, mm -hmm. what do you think about people the people who are who are turning on Horaguchi? Um, are they misguided saying that he was overrated or that he's not as good a fighter as they pegged him to be? Not only are they misguided, I think half of them like their brain did because they, again, do not know what in the blue hell they're talking about. I mean, yeah, I can understand. Fighters lose fights all the time. It's happening everywhere in combat sports, even in professional wrestling, where the fighters are listed as superstars. But still... If you don't know the grind of what they have to go through in a six or 12 week training camp just to take interviews from people like us, just to take, you know, all these pot shots on social media from people that don't even know them, from people that basically don't know what they have to go through in that training camp in order to make them feel like they mean something in order for them to go out on this fight get rid of the butterflies that they got in them and go out and bust their asses for three to five rounds or 15 to 25 minutes just to make themselves feel like they mean something, then they need to shut up and just let them be them. I mean, my goodness. Yeah, we are average shows. We and Duncan... I mean, we end up interviewing a lot of fighters from now all over the world. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you wouldn't hear us basically bash or fight old just because they lost one fight. I mean, yeah, it would be concerning if they lost more than one. It would be concerning if, like, Charles Felony Bennett, who hasn't won a fight in almost three years... It would be concerning if they haven't won a fight or if they're just based on our paydays just to take a bump like those guys in Explode Fight Series in California. Basically bashing her for losing one Go take an MMA class. Go waste $200. Or, or actually waste $2,000 or more just to go train at one of these MMA gyms, take a bump, take a bump on a mat, go take a few amateur fights, and then come back to us to talk to us about how you experience what these guys go through. Because obviously, those little Twitter fingers don't mean a damn thing. What you basically say to these fighters will come back to bite you in the ass so hard you won't even know what hits you. And if you basically bash in these fighters just because they lost one fight, well, I wouldn't mind seeing like how Deontay Wilder came up to a guy. I mean, like how Deontay Wilder invited one fighter, I mean, one little Twitter gladiator out to California just to take a few lumps from him. Maybe one of these fighters should invite you out to their neck of the woods just so that they can leave you speechless when they knock you on the ground and you won't be able to get back up. But still, all I got to say is, if you bashing somebody 
people taking not just you shut up and see what they go through. No, said right over. My God, what the fuck's wrong with these people? I I think it's the you know I don't know it's the, I don't know if, is it the culture of seeing kings fall, seeing people fall from their pedestal that that makes people do that. I don't know. Is, is that the current culture that we live in, or has that always been the culture? Um, I listen. I, well, well, here's the thing. In a uh, way, in a way, back in the day, you used to only see that on you used to only see that on television shows or newspapers. But nowadays, since 2008 or since 2004, whatever social media got big. You basically see it everywhere. So uh, when when GSP lost to Matt Sarah, what was the response about GSP? Where people were saying that that he should retire, that he needs to quit, or was it? What well, was there any type of response when when that happened to GSP? Not really, because again, Twitter wasn't around. I think Twitter wasn't as big as it was back then. I mean, it was just starting out when GSP lost to Matt Sarah. And of course, you have to remember, this was also the first, the event that GSP lost to Matt Sarah on was the first UFC event to take place in the state of Texas. Houston, by the way. H-Town represented. But still, point of the matter is, the social landscape wasn't big enough to actually care about big time wins and losses like that, especially back then. Whereas now, if you see a fighter lose a big fight, you're going to immediately assume, oh, they're a can. They've never been nobody. They're basically just in there just to be there. 15 minutes of fame and all that BS. It's, uh, you know, it, you know, and, you know, we did touch it, uh, I, did, I did touch upon with Scoggins and his, and Justin Scoggins in his interview, but, it's, you know, would you say that the MMA Twitter sphere is incredibly toxic, maybe even more toxic than wrestling Twitter sphere? Or social media sphere, I should say? Most definitely, Andrew. Most definitely. I mean, it must suck, you know, like... Because sorry, go ahead. it comes down to... Mm-hmm. When it comes down to the MMA Twitter sphere or the combat sports Twitter sphere, it's so toxic compared to the WWE that it makes Chernobyl look like a brush fire. Because you know, you know, it, it's you know, it you know, you know how you know Jimmy Kimmel has that uh, read mean tweets from from celebrities. You know, I wonder what the ones. From, from to to fighters look like okay well put it, put it in perspective so when I went to Wrestle Kingdom eleven um I went to Great Kabuki's restaurant and lo and behold guess who uh, who's who's next to me having dinner Delirious um huh. Booker of Ring of Honor he was only there because he was gonna be in that battle rumble yes exactly but you know he operates the the Twitter of Ring of Honor. And he was showing me, like, the messages that he gets. And my God, I couldn't believe some of the nasty shit that he was, that, that people, that people write. I'm not talking, like, you know, anonymous egg profiles or anime profiles. I'm talking people who have, like, a picture of, like, 
who are like a father holding their son in their picture. And I'm just looking at this like, is this what people really have become? Uh, has the internet gotten worse? It has gotten worse. That's like not even a question. It has, it has absolutely gotten worse since when we were kids on the internet. I think it's gotten much worse. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, you know, and I wonder, you know, what do you, I wonder what Japanese, you know, we know how Japanese, the Japanese Twitter reacted when Reina didn't make weight for her match against Samantha John Francois. But I wonder what the Japanese Twitter is now with Kyoji Horiguchi, him losing. I wonder, you know, I don't, I, don't, I hope it's not as toxic as the American, as the Western um, MMA Twitter sphere. Um, that would make me really upset. Um, I, I, it's, it's just, you know, it just sucks that, like, a loss devalues, uh, devalues, like, I, it's, 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 I mean, basically everything you said in, in your rant, Christian, is basically every, is basically how I feel. And, you know, I, okay, so let's put a hypothetical. Say Horiguchi and Kaizakura have the rematch in New Year's Eve for the, for the title. Kaizakura wins. What do you do in that case? I guess when it comes to that, seeing the fact that Kiyogi's already the Bellator champion, you would have him go directly to Bellator and defend that belt. Do you do... Well, well I mean, what I mean, would you... That's just how I feel about it. Well, here's the thing. Well, if Kaizakura does win the belt... Who would who would be next for Kai Zakura if they have that rematch, and and Kai Zakura beats uh, Kyoji Horiguchi? Who would you put Kai Zakura against? Uh, winner of Ogikubo Ishitari, or do that Manel Cape rematch that um, Cape's been wanting has been hungry for ever since that match happened? I think you would have the rematch between Asakura and Cape, because if you think about it, Ishitari and Ogikubo, yeah, they fought. Both of them fought Horiguchi more than once. I don't think that they would be willing to, you know, get their heads knocked off by an angry Kyoshi Horiguchi. And I think that if they were to face off against either Asakura brother, Mikuru, or Kai, they would get dragged. Not, you know, stopped, but dragged. Mm -hmm. But I think that a fight between... Cape and Asakura, a rematch between Cape and Asakura would definitely mean something, especially considering the fact that you got Menel Cape griping, bitch, and moaning that he wants a title shot more than anything. I mean, he's the loudest gaijin they got on the roster complaining about title shot. Well, here's the well, here's the thing as well. You do here's the thing you will you may potentially risk for that match. You know, some people still think that Cape won that match, and it was a split decision loss for Cape. You do risk Azakura potentially losing his first title defense. I, I'm uh, title defense if they have that match. Here's the thing, and yeah, that's the thing. If if Azakura wins, his next match better not be a non-title match. I'm just gonna say that. Um, but let's see. You know, in the case of uh, Ogi Kubo and uh, Ishiwatari, well, here's the other thing as well. Okazaki was supposed to have his match. 
with uh, Kai Zakura, but then he lost the match to Ishitari. Um, I don't know, like, you know, mm. here's the thing as well, Cape just did, just did have a match, um, I'm, you know, I know that December is, is a long way from now, but, you know, um, I guess, you know, would you want to do, and here's the thing, Oka Suzaki did beat Cape, do you think Oka Suzaki could potentially have a, maybe more of a, of a, uh, of a number one contendership than Cape, potentially? Or do you think that Cape is, is de facto number one contender um, if Kaizakura beats the belt, uh, beats uh, Koroguchi for the belt? Mm, I think more so latter because if you think about it, Yuta Osaki, yes, I'm using full name, I think Sasaki wouldn't qualify because he's only had two bouts for the promotion. Riding the record of one and one, so you would definitely have Manel Cape, you know, potentially face off against somebody the caliber of Ogi Kubo or Ishiwari. You no. wouldn't have Ogi Kubo versus no, you wouldn't have Sasaki versus Cape because we all would know who the winner of that would be. It would be Manel Cape. Now, if they had a rematch, New Z for title, Shoji Horiguchi wins. Do you then do a rubber match at, you know, maybe at the, at a Sakura Saitama show or, some, or you know, another? do you do a, a rubber match between Azakura and Horiguchi? You would, but you have to, I mean, think about it. The way how they treat these Saitama shows, the way how they treat these year-end shows, these... Matsuri type of programs with the New Year's Eve shows, they would need for the first event back or the first summer, even though it would be hard for them to try and do the 2020 calendar due to the Olympics, but for that second show back, whenever it might be, they would have to have, they would have to treat the third fight between them. If Horiguchi wins, like it a big time event. I mean, they would basically have to treat it with all the pomp and circumstance that you would see in a big time title fight here in the States in any type of capacity. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, yeah. Well, also, I think, you know, it's gotta be also how the fight is won. This fight ended in the first round in just above a minute. If Horiguchi mm -hmm. were to go to a, do a five-round match with Akai Zakura and basically wrestle or grapple-fuck him with, and, and for, to a win, would you then want to see a third rematch? I would. I mean, I definitely would. Because it would be a great way for them to finish off that trilogy. And it would be a great way for them to, you know... Call an end to the rivalry. Mm. I, I see, I see. But if, but if Asakura defeats Horiguchi that second time, I think it should be just all said and done because you wouldn't want to see Horiguchi get his ass whooped the third straight time mm -hmm. by Kai Asakura. Mm, of course, yeah. Uh, and then maybe, I don't know if, you know, obviously between. December, and I would guess he would probably defend the Bellator Championship, and then if 
Um, he did win that. If Corey Gucci did win the match, I, I'm guessing you have to do it after the Bellator defense, potentially. Because uh, he is he is contractually obligated to to defend that belt. That's another thing as well. He has to defend that belt once a year uh, per the Bellator contract. Um, right, right. Uh, but I mean, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna read some feedback from some people about this, uh, about the main event. Obviously, a lot of people were shocked. Um, no, no surprise. But um, again, you don't have to name names. Just go ahead and oh, no. list off the post. Oh no, no. But well, uh, one of the questions I posted was, "What's next for Kaizakura and Kyoji Horiguchi?" And um, a lot of people gave performances of Knights of Kai, rightly free. So uh, Charles Fraga, who's at Fragnificent KW, said that Kai and Gucci should go back, should do it again, New Year's Eve. So again, he thinks that uh, it should be New Year's Eve um, um, rematch. Uh, Summer Zolo at Mr. Valance, uh, Valance says that Kyoji broke my heart. Rematch needed as soon as possible. Why are karate guys, even the good ones, so prone to being knocked unconscious? Um, I guess he's making reference to um, not only Horiguchi's loss, but also Anthony Pettis knocking out Stephen Thompson. And um, what was it? Um... Um, Shogun knocking out Mishida, um, two other karate guys who got, uh, knocked out very brutally. Um, and, um, let's see, Man MMA fanboy LOL at MMA fanboy LOL said that, uh, Kyoji versus Kai 2 for the Ryzen belt in late of this year. So, a lot of people want this rematch. Um, we have one person who wants it immediately. I don't think it's gonna happen immediately. I don't think it should. It should be saved for a big card for a Saitama show. The, this is that's a Saitama rematch. This is not you know. I know you can make the argument if you want to do it in Nagoya again because that is Kaizakura's hometown. I could maybe kind of understand that, but I think that since you already had it there, it kind of negates having it there again. But I think the Saitama is the way to go for this for this match. It's you know you got to have it at the. Uh, at the famous Saitama Super Arena main eventing, um, unless they unless the light heavyweight championship is main is main eventing, um, even if that's the case, I would I would still say that probably this would be a this is a main event worthy match. What do you think, Christian? Would if you have if you have this as would you have this show as a main event? This, uh, would you, this, this be your main event of the New Year's Eve card on the last day that it runs? Oh yeah, both. Definitely would have that as the main event. I mean, you would basically have to put a lot of things aside, like a tension fight, like a Ayaka Hamasaki battle, or like a potential Fedor sighting. You would have to put all those things on the undercard just for that bout to get the big-time treatment a title fight would have to get. Exactly, exactly. Um... The other question is, and I did, and I did see some people um, mention this. Um, now that, Hor you know, Horiguchi and Tension had their boxing, their kickboxing match. Um, 
Do you think Kai Zakura intention should have a kickboxing match? <laughs> oh Lord. No. Because if you think about it, Kai and Mikuru Asakura are street fighters. I don't think that they would do well against a highly ranked, highly trained technician. I mean, technical kickboxer like Tenshin Asakawa. You just can't do that. Um. Okay, well, you know, I some people have been wa are now wanting a kind of fight tension in a kickboxing match. I'll leave, I'll leave it at that. Um. So, uh, well, I I may have asked at the beginning. I don't remember if I did. Where would you say overall? What's 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 encompassed this encompassed this 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 outcome this win for Kaizakura? Do you think is it is it in one? Would you say it's one of the top 10 MMA upsets of all time? Most definitely. I, mean, I said when we came on to talk to each other over an hour ago, off air, of course, that it was one of the best upsets of the... I mean, it was one of the upsets of the 20s. The upset of this decade. We're about to get into 2020 in a few months. So I would definitely say this is the upset of the 20 teams. Um, this is, well, like I said, it's certainly MMA upset of this year um, so far. Um, we'll have to see, you know, how the rest of the years go. Um, you know, if he defeats Horiguchi again, you know, I don't know if this will be more, this will it'll be more of an upset than this one. Uh, do you think, actually, question, do you think go, if that, when the rematch, do you think the odds will be, will, will be less will be more towards Kai, or you think they'll kind of be, you know, split in the middle? I think it'll pretty much be as if the first, the overwhelming favorite. Oh, okay, so sorry, I mean, Christian. No surprise that the world sorry, so Sorry, Christian, you broke up a little bit. Did you say that? Well, uh, that happened this time around. Sorry, Christian, you broke up a little bit. Did you? What did you say? Uh, who would be the favorite? You think in the rematch? Huh? Sorry, you broke up a little bit uh, in your response. Who do you think would be the favorite in a rematch between uh, Kai and Kyoji, and in terms of odds? I think the odds would pretty much be even, but don't be surprised if the roles are reversed, where Kai is the overwhelming favorite. Did you? Uh, do you think that Kai Zakura, not counting Japan, um, do you think that Kai has increased his name value to Western MMA fans with this win? Do you think that kind of? Do you think that that kind of? Because here's the thing as well. I always have. I always like to separate fight fighters in terms of. It's gonna sound weird, but to me, a lot of people, a lot of fighters who don't have Wikipedia's tend to not be well known. Uh, to a lot, a lot of people, Kaizakura still does not have a Wikipedia as of this recording. So Wikipedia lists, and I'm that was actually the funny thing. I remember uh, what was it, Earler. Ilo Latifi. Well, I remember, I'll never hear this one comment that someone wrote on BJPen.com uh, when Ilo Latifi was like going through his win streak in UFC. 
Someone wrote, someone make this man a Wikipedia. Because he had no Wikipedia when he was having his winning streak at a light heavyweight and um and uh UFC. Yeah, but if you think about it, only the combat sports diehards would remember the fact that he fought in K one and that he fought for I think Ultimate Glory or whatever before they changed their name to Glory Kickboxing. Mm-hmm. Um I think uh, I, I I hope, you know, I hope this does increase his name value. Um, I hope that Scott Coker, you know, maybe you could bring him in for a, for a Bantamweight special bout or something. Um, for, uh, for, for his division. Um, I don't know if he get, if this puts him on the UFC radar. Um, do you think, of, do you think this win would put him on the UFC radar? Hell no. I mean... Obviously. Do you really want to see ex-Rising fighters in the UFC? I mean, not everybody can be Khalid Taha or Jaisin Fosenstrike. Exactly. Well, you know, it's funny. Um, so far, or the Chrome fi- Gracie, for that matter. The fighters who have gone from Ryzen to UFC have been very successful. It's actually kind of the opposite of Pride, where when Pride fighters went to UFC, a lot of them, a lot of them were not as successful as they were in Pride. But, you know, Chrome Gracie's undefeated in um, UFC. Jair Rosestrew got one of the quickest knockouts of all time in, uh, in UFC. And um, Kali Taha, I think, is, uh, I think he's two fights undefeated, I believe. Um, hmm. Interesting. So it's just, it's interesting, uh, you know, that when these fighters, so far we have three examples of fighters leave, uh, going from Ryzen to UFC, and they're, and they're successful. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't know if this will put him on the UFC radar. I bet it definitely puts him on the on the Bellator radar. Um, but, you know, I, I would have to say that pro- I, uh, hopefully that is that his name value has increased in Japan. Um, this show also will be airing on delay on Fuji TV. Hopefully because of the, of the win. I'm presuming this fight will be shown because it is a main event. That uh, that it does get good ratings, but you know, unfortunately, when you uh, pre-tape uh, live sports, I don't know, do do Christian, you maybe you know better than me. Do, do live sports when they're do sports when they're pre-taped and then air at a later date do well in ratings? I'm gonna guess no. I'm guessing so, and you're kind of breaking up a little bit. I can barely hear you, but I think that it's gonna get a lot. A lot of people in Japan watching on Fuji TV because this is a once in a lifetime thing. You've never seen, I mean, I'm those people have never seen like a big fight upset happen uh, well, on their soil. Christian, aside from the fact that there have been, huh? Yeah, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I've unfortunately just been messaged on Twitter by a follower of ours who's already sending me messages about people believing this, 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 uh, Kyoji. Kai fight was a work. I'm going to read this. This is from some guy on Twitter. I'm not going to give his name because I don't want people to give this guy attention. Uh, he writes, Japan, organiza- Go ahead and read it. Japan organizations are known to fix fights. I'm 99% certain uh, Ryzen had Kyoji take a die for a redemption arc. It's real convenient that he lost a non-title fight to a nobody. Now he's demanding a rematch at the end of the year of his belt on the line. Sounds like a typical WWE storyline. Are you kidding me? Read that again. 
Japan organizations are known to fix fights. I'm 99% certain Ryzen had Kyoji take a die for redemption arc. It's a re it's real convenient. Uh, it's real convenient that he lost a non-title fight to a nobody. Now he's demanding a rematch at the end of the year with his belt on the line. Sounds like a typical WWE storyline. <laughs> right. <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm gonna correct him. <laughs> WWE doesn't do WWE doesn't do redemption storylines. New Japan's the one who does redemption storylines. They've done one with Kushida and Okada in the, like in the last two or three years. So it's not a typical WWE storyline. So I'm gonna correct him on that. Right. And I'm sorry, but the half-fake sound clip that I just played on my recording, I mean, it basically tells it all. Do you really believe that the fight was fixed? I mean, because if you can, you can just go ahead and commit seppuku for all I care. Oh, God. I knew it was going to happen. I didn't think it was going to happen. I probably hoped it was going to happen. But it was going to happen. Oh, well. Um, other than that, yeah. Christian... But one thing is oh. for certain, we don't think that the fight was fixed. It was handled fair and square. Yeah. Because, you know... I, I, it's not even... It's like... It's like, it's like people, here's the problem is that like no matter what I say, no matter what we do, we can show them footage, there are people there in the audience, that he got knocked out, he has bruises on his, what do you, what do you show somebody who believes, you can't, wait, wait, what do you do? You, listen, it's kind of, if, if the facts are staring them in the face, what do you do to say, like, like, what do you do to say that like, this is, that this was not fake? Like, there's nothing you could do. You're kind of just arguing with, with a wall that happens to have hair and eyes and teeth and nails, basically. Right, right. But still, I think we're done talking about this fight. We had well over an hour to talk about it. We basically know what we're coming from because we actually seen the goddamn fight. And, you know... I think it's all, I mean, I think hopefully we're all going to get to see that rematch whether people think that this first fight was fixed or not. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, you know, this is, you know, certainly it's a it's a rising upset of the year. Might be MMA upset of the year depending on the rest of the year goes. But yeah, you know, Kaizakura not, uh, knocked, knocked out Kyoji Horiguchi in the first round. In almost in basically a, a little over a minute, you know it's it it's yep. gonna it's gonna it's it's gonna you know, you know how Ryzen loves to show those highlight reels during the during the intermissions, and you know it was actually funny during this mm -hmm. intermission, you know they kept on showing the Ben Ben Ten win, uh knockout by Horiguchi, and you know I was just thinking I hope that 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 real that highlight reel is not on on Ben's end because I would be pissed off if I had to stare at television. Just showing me getting knocked out on a loop, but um, yeah, you know, I th this um, this this is uh gonna be on those rising highlight reels when 
at when they show when during your intermission at four a.m. It's it's gonna be there. It's gonna be there. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I think we're done talking about the fight. You know, hopefully there's a rematch. If not, well, actually, we know there's going to be a rematch. And hopefully there won't be any, you know, conspiracy theorists basically saying that the fight was fixed. Well, it's too, too fucking late already. It's too fucking late already. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Fuck those people. <laughs> That's all I got to say. But other than that, I mean, I don't want to run through the plugs... Because I want to save that for the main, you know, meat and potatoes that is the rest of the 12 fights that we're going to talk about on the Ryzen 17 rest of review later this week. But other than that, you can follow me on at ChrisGary92. You can follow Andrew on Twitter at abenja one We'll be sure to follow you back. And you can follow the show. You can follow this. This little program on Twitter at We Are Rising Pod, W E A R E R I Z I N P O D, all in one word, and you can check us out on Stitcher. I'm already messing up my words. It's been a long night. But you can follow us on Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, and also, hopefully, we can do this within the next six months. We want to make it clear that we want to put it on all podcast services, providers, apps, what have you. So, you know, when one of us gets the chance to work on this and make this become a reality, don't be surprised if you catch us on Google Podcast or iTunes or, no, wait, actually, Google Podcast or Apple Podcast or iHeartRadio or TuneIn or wherever you get your quality podcast of choice. But other than that, that's it for us for now. Andrew Benjamin, thank you for leading the way and, you know, taking an hour out of your schedule because I know you got to get to sleep a little bit. Mm-hmm. Got another 6 a.m. film to work on. I'll tell you, I, I can't tell, I can't say, I can't say what it is on air because I could get, I could get fired. So I'm just going to say, uh, that's all. I'll, t- I'll tell you off, I'll tell you off the air. I'll tell you off the air. Okay, but other than that, we're about to go ahead and go. Lenny Hart, you got any parting words? (laughs) In a second. Oh, my God. I mean, see, this is what happens when you... Oh, well, well, Christian, 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 while you are, while you're you're getting that up, I'd just like to also say that we didn't mention on the last show, so Goodspeed, a car company... Uh, sponsored the this Ryzen show. The winner of the main event was said to get a Land Cruiser as a pr- as a prize for winning. So not only did Kai got those those things I mentioned before, minus the belt, but he did get a car for this win. Oh wow, that's pretty that's pretty unique. I mean, I think the only thing that I really got out of there was the fact that their mascot was a dog. <laughs> uh yeah, I'm trying. I I don't remember like. I think I think they I think they said it was valued. Uh, let's see, I'm gonna find it right here. You got to find a picture of it on on the R slash MMA forum. Let me see how much. Yeah, Sakaki Bar said the winner of the main event between Kyoji Horiguchi and Kaizakura will uh, will receive a Toyota Toyota Prado Land Cruiser from the main event sponsor Goodspeed. The price should motivate the two fighters to put on an exciting fight. The car is worth approximately seventy thousand dollars. Oh, 
<laughs> wow. I mean, that's basically Range Rover status there, baby. <laughs> and apparently, apparently this car goes for about 85000 in uh in the U.S. So, hey. Um, Damn. So, uh, Mr. Azakura gets to uh, go through uh, Nagoya uh, with a uh, Land Cruiser, a win over Horiguchi, and a nice paycheck. Indeed, indeed. And I hope he doesn't... I mean, I hope he drives around in that thing responsibly because you don't want to see him get too big-headed and end up crashing his hopes and dreams on a median. No, please. <laughs> we, don't, we don't need that. And, you know, or, you know, or the worst-case scenario, um, um, who, was, who was a fighter who just uh, got into a car accident recently, the Bellator fighter? Desmond, was it Desmond Green? No, not Bobby Green. Um, fuck was his, fuck was his name? Um, what was that name of that fire? He almost died in in, in, a, in a car accident. Uh, Daniel Strauss. Daniel Strauss. It was a motorcycle accident. Motorcycle accident, not car accident. Um, nonetheless, yes, be responsible, Mister Mister Azakura. You have a tower shot waiting for you later this year. Don't do anything stupid. Okay, and other than that, we're about to go. Lenny Hart, any final words? And with that, we out this mug. Later. <laughs>